You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your host, Vanessa Weisbrod. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Health System. And I want to start out by saying a huge thank you to all of our dedicated listeners. Today's podcast is about how celiac disease may affect pregnancy for women. This topic is near and dear to my heart as my own mom and several close friends have dealt with many complications related to undiagnosed celiac disease, some with recurrent miscarriages and others with devastating near full-term stillborn babies. Today's guest is Dr. Louise Grode from the Department of Medicine at Horsens Regional Hospital in Denmark. She is the lead author on a new study published in the journal Human Reproduction. This new study found an increased risk of stillbirths and miscarriages in women with undiagnosed celiac disease. The study team looked at the chance and timing of pregnancy, as well as potential complications, including live and stillbirths, molar and ectopic pregnancies, and miscarriages. I am so excited to have Dr. Grode join us to talk about this important research and how women with celiac disease can plan to have successful pregnancies in the future. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to talk about this important issue. So, to get started, can you tell us about your work and how you became interested in studying celiac disease and reproductive health? Well, well, actually, the first time I became interested in celiac disease and fertility uh, was after I, uh, I met a woman in uh, our outpatient clinic uh, who told me her story about struggling uh, with infertility for several years. And, uh, and then finally, she was diagnosed with celiac disease. And she went on a gluten-free diet, and shortly after she uh, she became pregnant, and uh, and she gave birth to a healthy child. And you know, she said to me, um, "I wish that my story could help other women uh, who struggle with fertility problems." So, inspired by that story, uh, I became interested in um, what could we say all the uh, not so classical symptoms of celiac disease. And uh, especially uh, in the connection between celiac disease and, uh, and reproductive problems. So, um, yeah, I, I discussed it with the doctors and nurses uh, at the fertility clinic. Um, and, and they said to me, well, celiac disease, that is not really something that we consider when people come to us. But, but again, they asked me, should we consider it? And, and what is the evidence? So with that question in mind, uh, I started my doctoral studies, uh, which included studies on celiac disease and reproduction. That's so. so great. It's so nice to hear. You know, I, we do a lot of interviews with researchers for the podcast, and I always love when they talk about how a patient inspired their work to, to learn more. And, you know, I think the work that you've done here is going to really help a lot of people. So I want to answer a big question up front, although this is sort of, you know, putting the, the end at the beginning. We have a lot of listeners who are of childbearing age, and I know it's really important to them. Does it make a difference when you start trying to have a child if you have undiagnosed celiac disease or well-managed celiac disease on a gluten-free diet? Well, this is, this is a question that, that people often ask, and, um, and, and I say yes. I think it makes a difference. 
Uh, a lot of the evidence uh, points at the undiagnosed celiac disease as the problem. And, and having undiagnosed disease also typically means that, that you are untreated. Mm-hmm. And, and this must lead us to conclude that a Welsh disease is important uh, when trying to become pregnant. And, and certainly if you are already pregnant. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the details of the study. What did you look at? Yeah, well, our study uh, was based on uh, the Danish National Health Registries, okay. uh, which actually covers all Danish people, uh, containing uh, very precise information on contacts and diagnosis uh, from both public and private hospitals in Denmark. Uh, and in that way, uh, we could ident- identify uh, all women uh, with a diagnosis of celiac disease. Uh, 1977 and up until now mm-hmm. uh, and that was uh, a little more than uh, 6,300 women mm-hmm. with celiac disease that uh, we were able to study and uh, we got information on all their pregnancies and all their birth outcomes such as uh, spontaneous abortions and stillbirths um, but also uh, we looked at if they uh, had ever uh, been in fertility treatment and, and then we compared uh, the group of celiac women and their pregnancy rates and pregnancy outcomes uh, with a large group of uh, women without celiac disease uh, to see the differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we also decided to study two time periods because we thought that that's important. So we looked at the time uh, before actually being diagnosed with celiac disease uh, the period where we think people are untreated because they do not know they have the disease, mm-hmm. and the time after being diagnosed with celiac disease. So that that was uh, how our study uh, was was set up. And what did you find? Yeah, well, of course, first of all, we we were happy that we were able to uh, confirm that uh, celiac women uh, who are already diagnosed they did not seem to have higher risk of having a negative result of their pregnancy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, of course, comforting. Uh, But we saw that the risk of spontaneous abortions and stillbirths seemed to be uh, higher in women who later was diagnosed with celiac disease. So in the period where where they were untreated, as, as I mentioned before, so even though the excess risk was not, is not very big, mm-hmm. um, we are talking about very uh, serious events. And, and when they happen, of course, they are, they are very devastating. Um, so to put the risk into numbers, uh, what we found was that if you Let's say we compare a thousand pregnant, uh, still undiagnosed celiac women with thousand pregnant non-celiac women, then eleven more of the pregnancies in the celiac group will actually end up in a spontaneous abortion, wow. and one and and one point six more pregnancies among the celiacs will end up in a stillbirth so compared to the non-celiac group. What did your colleagues at the fertility clinic think of your findings? Well, of course, they think it's 
it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also when we when we talk about case finding, because then you know they they this is the focus. If if we have a, a, a woman uh, with spontaneous abortion, uh, then we should think about celiac disease. And of course, stillbirth is uh, not a very common outcome. But when it happens, and there is no other obvious reason, we should think about celiac disease. Do you think that celiac disease should be a routine disease that's screened for in fertility clinics? Uh, well, I, I, I do not think that it's um, beneficial to, to screen everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's beneficial to uh, to to screen uh, some of those who might be in in higher risk that could be women with recurrent uh, spontaneous abortions mm-hmm. uh, women who have experienced a stillbirth but but we won't see probably not see them in the fertility clinic mm-hmm. uh, also maybe um, um, where we cannot find any obvious reason for the for the infertility Right. It could be a good idea to to think about celiac disease, and and I think it's it's quite easy to screen for celiac disease. So um, it's not it's not that big, right? Thing. Uh, and it you know it if you have celiac disease, it it might change everything, and and uh, you really increase your chance of, of being pregnant. So I, I'm a young mom. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And so having recently been pregnant, I had a lot of blood draws. So it definitely wouldn't be too difficult to add a celiac panel to, to one of the blood draws when you're uh, going through the pregnancy stages of your life. Yeah, yeah. So, so today is not a big thing to screen for celiac disease because it's just you know, a blood sample one more blood sample. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. so do you have any idea why having celiac disease causes these complications to occur? Well, we, we do not exactly know why, but the other researchers uh, have reported some negative effects uh, from the celiac disease antibodies mm-hmm. uh, that are present uh, in the blood and tissue of, uh, of celiac persons. Um, and these effects uh, may uh, make it more difficult uh, for a fetus to uh, implant in the mother's uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be one explanation. Um, the other explanation uh, could be we know already that the lack of some vitamins and minerals uh, could cause pregnancy problems. And, and these uh, vitamin deficits are, are common in CF. So these are some of the explanations that um, that we we know. So, how long does it take for women to be on a gluten free diet before the risk of having a, a complication with pregnancy goes down? Mm, I think it's not an an exact period that I can say, but uh, I know that in our fertility clinic, we recommend at least three months. 
of gluten-free diet until uh, we will think about initiating a fertility treatment mm-hmm. if you have just been diagnosed with celiac disease. Okay. Or, or at least until your antibody levels uh, have dropped into normal levels. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, that, that is something that we, we built on the hypothesis that I just talked about before, that if mm-hmm. you have uh, celiac disease antibodies in your blood and tissue, uh, that might have some negative effects. So, so we would like uh, the antibody levels to, to drop into the normal level. And um, and I think at least three months of a, of a strict gluten-free diet is needed. And then, of course, if you if you uh, suffer from uh, some nutrient deficits, uh, that may take longer to recover than three months. And 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 certainly also injuries uh, in your small in your small bowel will take longer to uh, to recover. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously celiac disease is associated with many other autoimmune conditions. Um, do you know of any comorbidities with celiac, like thyroid disease or Sjogren's, that would also increase the risk of pregnancy complications? Yeah, well, we didn't exactly uh, study that, uh, but we know that other autoimmune diseases uh, have also been linked to fertility and pregnancy problems, especially thyroid diseases mm-hmm. and also diabetes, which are common uh, in, in celiac disease. Um, so I think it is, uh, it is important uh, if you have uh, comorbidities, other uh, autoimmune diseases, that, that they are well treated as well as your celiac disease. Mm-hmm. But, but we did not uh, specifically uh, investigate uh, how the combination of uh, celiac disease and other autoimmune diseases uh, complicate pregnancy. So I know this, my next question is, was not also part of, of your study, but, you know, we often hear about celiac disease being triggered by something. So, you know, a, a serious virus, something like pregnancy. Have you seen any indication that pregnancy actually could trigger celiac disease in some women? No, and actually we have been looking into that in another small study that hasn't been published, and mm-hmm. we were not able, because... You know, our hypothesis also was that maybe pregnancy can trigger celiac mm-hmm. disease. Uh, and we tried to look for that uh, using uh, the registered data, but we were not able to, uh, to see any connection. That's really interesting to, to hear, and I'll be very fascinated to see if you, you know, go ahead and, and publish the study, um, all of the findings on that. Yeah, yeah, and and we we also of course uh, hope to uh, to be able to pu- to publish that, but the study is, has not yet been finished. So um, this is just you know initial or prior uh, results that I am talking about here. And but but it is an interesting thought that there must be something that that can trigger, and and could it be some reproductive event? Right. So do you have any other advice for women with celiac disease who are trying to get pregnant so they can have a safe and successful pregnancy? Yeah, well, I think definitely it's important to keep your gluten-free diet uh, and, and look 
after yourself in that way. And, and then I think otherwise relax and of course enjoy your pregnancy. And, um, and I also think that if you are in any doubt, then, then you should uh, be sure to ask your doctor uh, or midwife to, to help you. But I think it's important to keep the gluten-free diet. Um, And our study also kind of showed that because uh, women uh, who already were diagnosed did not seem to have any higher risk of uh, adverse pregnancy outcomes in our study, at least. That's great. And you didn't see any sort of change in risk for things like gestational diabetes or cholestasis or anything like that? Well, you know, we, we of course looked at, at some of the, we looked at the diabetes and thyroid disease mm-hmm. and uh, adjusted for that in our study. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it didn't change uh, the results very that's, much. That's very, very, very small changes. So, uh, but, but we didn't specifically uh, look into uh, the combinations of like thyroid disease and celiac Mm-hmm. Uh, we just put it into our statistical model and, and adjusted for it. Um, and that didn't change the estimates. Right. So I was diagnosed with celiac when I was 22. And I didn't get pregnant until I was almost 30. But when I, went, when I got pregnant and I went to my OB, she immediately told me that I needed to be in a high-risk practice because I had celiac disease. Even though I, yeah. it was completely well controlled, and I'd been on a gluten-free diet, you know, for for eight years already. Um, yeah. Do you think that's necessary, or is that sort of more than the the standard of care a person with well-controlled celiac disease should should need? Well, that is that is difficult to say. I I think that uh, if you have a, a, a well-controlled celiac disease. Um, you should uh, maybe not need uh, to go to uh, to specialized control, mm-hmm. but you certainly need to be uh, observant uh, on any changes because, of course, when you are pregnant, uh, changes uh, will happen also in your metabolic system, and uh, so so you should be observant uh, for any changes. Um, but but I, I don't know if you know if if, if, if it's necessary to uh, to have specialized care or or, or just follow the normal uh, programs. And, and I think it maybe also differs from country to country how how these things are are managed. So the bottom line is that people who have celiac disease that is well controlled on the gluten free diet when they get pregnant they should stick to that gluten-free diet and follow all their doctor's tips for a healthy pregnancy. Um, but don't get too scared about bad things happening as long as you're controlling your diet. Yes. And I think it's important what, what you also said, that don't get too scared, don't get stressed. Yeah. Because uh, that is also uh, not good for your pregnancy. Absolutely. So, but, but follow your doctor and, and your midwife's uh, advice and the and the plan for uh, for checkups and be sure to keep your gluten-free diet absolutely 
Well, I want to thank you so much for all of this great information. I think it's absolutely fascinating and it really helps us to better understand the connection between pregnancy issues and celiac disease. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Well, you're welcome and and thank you for, uh, for inviting me. Now, before we sign off for today, I've got our grocery store tip of the week brought to you thanks to the generous support of Giant Martin's Foods. When you're pregnant, your doctor will recommend boosting the level of folic acid in your diet. Folic acid is very important because it's used to make the extra blood your body needs during pregnancy. The good news is that your local grocery store is bursting with options for foods high in folic acid like spinach and other leafy greens, citrus fruits, rice, and beans. So if you've got a baby on the way, head on down to your local supermarket and pick up some of these folic acid-rich foods for dinner. Well, we're all out of time for today. I hope you all enjoyed today's podcast and we'll talk to you again next time.